So thank you. This is our downtown worship team, and we're so thankful that they're here with us this morning, leading us. Praise God for them. Thanks, guys. It's 2019. How do you feel about that? You ready? <laughs> ready or not, here it is. New year. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was fun this past week as uh, around our staff meeting here at church, we reflected on this past year and some things that God had done in our lives and in our ministry. But as we talked about this coming year, some of the words that were brought up were anticipation, excitement, confidence in God's faithfulness. And, and uh, I, I just got to tell you, I'm thrilled to be here with you for 2019, to uh, worship with you, to serve with you in our community. Um, 2019, we're going to be diving into the book of Matthew in the Sermon of Mount and uh, looking at a life of bless, the blessed life with God. And uh, I'm so excited for that uh, series. As you guys have gotten to know me a little bit over the past year, know that when we gather, the, the Word of God is, is central. And so um, I deep conviction that when we gather, we, we go through whole books of the Bible or large portions of scripture to understand what God has revealed to us in the gospel. But before we do that series, we're gonna spend kind of a pause, five weeks together here at the beginning of the year uh, to talk about something that's really important for us as a church at Rimrock. And it has to do with our values, with our mission, our vision as a church. Uh, where God has called us to be together here. And so this series is called Together. Um, this is something that uh, is really important for us to, to talk about. Now, before we talk too much further about that, you have to be reminded we're, we're not a business. We're a church, which means we're made up of people. And we're in God's our Father, He's the one who's called us. He's the one that's uh, formed us, not only as, as people, but as a, as a people called out of darkness into His marvelous light. And so our identity is in, in God Himself. And so when we talk about values, mission, vision, we don't do it as an uh, organization, but as a, a people who are called together to worship God, to serve, to live our lives with God. So as we talk today and next Sunday about values, I, my question is on a personal level, but also as a, as a corporate level, as people who gather here weekly to worship, who are involved in ministry together, what do you love? That's an important question to ask yourself on a personal reflection. But when we talk about values, we're really talking about love. What do you, what do you treasure? What do you desire? And so values we can look at in our lives based on several things. We can look at our checkbooks. What do we spend money on? We can look at our calendars. Where do we spend our time? Where do we spend our energy? And that, that says a lot about what we love, what we value. Uh, you can go back six months or a year of your life and look at what were the major decisions you made this past year? And what do those decisions reveal about your values? And so we, we all have those values, but I want to recognize this tension on a personal level, but it affects us corporately, is um, in Christ, we've been called to a completely new value system, <laughs> a, a whole new love. 
And Paul refers to this as the new life in Christ, where the old is gone and the new has come. And so when you came to know Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord, he introduced a whole new value system into your life, into my life. And so the reality is we live in this tension of this life of of moving from darkness to light, moving from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God. <laughs> and so the reality is there's, there's some tension in that. We, we went through Romans and we called that sanctification, right? This process of being made holy, made like Jesus. And so no one likes the word hypocrisy. It's, it's a terrible word, <laughs> right? But we all feel that tension when we say we value that we love something, but then we look at our decisions we look at what we've done, and if they don't match, we got a problem, right? <laughs> and so the, the, the reality is Jesus is putting new values into our lives personally and as a church, and the reality is we are needing to be reminded of what those values are and what God is wanting to do in us and through us and how he is shaping our love, our hearts, our desires, so that we value what God values. As we dive into the values, I wanna remind you of something that's so important as well. Jesus said in Luke chapter nine, that, and he said this many times in many ways, he says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Now, the reason I quote that and remind us of that is when the world talks about values, a lot of times it's talking about what can I get out of it? What do I receive? That's how the world sees value. But if we're getting a new value system from God, we have to realize that God's value system is not based on what I can get or receive, but what I can give. That's why Jesus says, you have to lose your life. You have to be willing to sacrifice, to lose. And it's when we lose that we gain what is new, what will last and ultimately what is our salvation. And so when we talk about values from a Christian perspective, from the perspective of Jesus, it's, it's not what we can get, it's what is God asking us to give? And as we give, he fills us and provides for us. It's about what we love. And many of you start New Year's with resolutions. I know there's things I wanna do better this next year and that there's nothing wrong with that, but the problem is a lot of times those don't last, right? <laughs> And so what God really wants to do is reform our loves, our values, and our, and our lives. And that will last when we do that. And so that's what we want to do as a church. And um, the next two Sundays, this Sunday we're going to cover three, next Sunday two, um, we're really kind of looking back because these aren't new values. These values have been with Rimrock for a long time, and they're very important. And so we're, we're remembering them. Uh, in 2015, Pastor Steve Balsley preached a whole series of messages on these values. And he took one value per Sunday. And um, can I give you guys homework? <laughs> Am I allowed to do that? <laughs> I'd invite you to go on our website or you can get a CD and go back and listen to some of those sermons that Steve preached. Um, and he covers the values. And our values haven't changed. We're, we're just taking a, a moment this month to remember, to be reminded of them, and I'm going to do that with you, but, but it would be worth your time. I, I know it was for me to go back and, and, and listen to uh, how Steve presented those values back in 2015. Will you pray with me? Father, as we approach 
2019. I know there's many people here who look back in the past year and maybe there's regrets, maybe there were struggles. I just pray, God, that um, we just be reminded that you are a God of peace, that you did not come to condemn us, but to save us, that God, you are patient, you are kind, you are loving, and God, you are faithful to your people. And so I pray on a personal level for every person here that they would be encouraged, that they wouldn't look forward to this year with anxiety, but they would have great peace, great joy, great love, because God, you are with them and you are for them. And I just pray as, a, as we reflect on our values as a church that by your Holy Spirit, you would empower us to live these values out, Lord, that you would uh, enable us, God, to truly reflect who you are and your greatness and your worth above all else. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. I had a mentor named Bob Neuendorp. He uh, was the church planning director in the district in in Minnesota and I spent a lot of time with him going to different uh, places and doing things. And uh, I went to a lot of trainings because he went to uh, different churches that were starting, being planted. And anyone who knew Bob knew that he would always say three words, uh, or say one word three times. And it was relationship, relationship, relationship. And he said that over and over. I can't even count how many times I heard him say that. And I think Bob knew something that um, I think is really important for us because one of our values as a church is relationship. And why is that so important? Well, I believe God has revealed himself through the word as a God who is relational, who is a God who is personal. A lot of times we talk about deep things, right? There's something uh, that draws us about deep things. My my parents are here visiting from Colorado and yesterday we went around uh, Lake Pactola and and it it was pretty much frozen over, but that's a, a deep lake, right? And so there's, there's an attraction and a beauty to, to deep things. And a lot of times we talk about uh, a deep worship or deep prayer or deep teaching from the Bible. And, uh, and there's a truth to that. But I really believe when the Bible talks about the deep things, it's not just information or knowledge. It actually has to do with relationships. Um, my experiences with people is when you are at the end of your life, um, things come into a lot of clarity <laughs> of what is really important. And I've had the privilege of being with people on their deathbeds with families as they've walked through the process of grief. And I've been fascinated by what people want to talk about when they're in those places. And rarely will people want to talk about um, accomplishments, achievements in their careers or financially or athletically. Um, Those things aren't unimportant, but when you're facing death, the things that people want to talk about have to do with relationship. They want to talk about God, either a relationship they have with Him or a relationship that they desire with Him. Or they talk about people that they love, people they care about, people that have poured into them or that they've had Uh, the the privilege of spending their life with. Jesus summed up the entire Bible with some words out of Matthew chapter 22. 
And I believe this speaks to the deepest things of God. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And so if Jesus was to sum up the deepest thing, the greatest thing, he says, it's love. <laughs> it's love for God and love with others. If you were here last Sunday, you heard Nick Ewing preach and he shared out of Revelation chapter three as we concluded our Advent series with God and he talked about love in this in-between time between when Jesus first came as a baby and when he will return as a conquering victorious king over all things. In this in-between time, God has given us these gifts and, and the greatest gift is love. In fact, the Bible sums it up in 1 John this way, God is love. Think about it. You can't have a relationship without it, without love. It's impossible. Love opens the door for relationship. Love opens the door for relationship. This is the, this is the whole message of the gospel, is it not? That we who were confused and lost and broken in our sin, in our darkness, we were hopeless on our own. We, we couldn't save ourselves. We can't save ourselves. The reality of, of the human condition meant that we could not reach God. We could not please God. We couldn't do anything to gain his favor. So the good news is that God, because he is love, he came to us. <laughs> he knocked on our door. He came into our world. He invaded our space just to communicate this one truth, that God is love and his desire is not to condemn us, but to save us. And so this good news that God desired a relationship with mankind, with humanity, that he was willing to make a way, and that's why Jesus came, that he was a, a sacrifice, an offering that made possible a relationship. And so God made the first move. <laughs> he, he made the first uh, outreach to us, to invite us into his love. So he loves us first, which allows us to experience love in relationship. This is why at Rimrock Church, it's so critical that our value is relationship. Because we understand that as a church, we are made up of people. People who've been chosen by God. People who've been loved by God. And we've been called to a life of love and relationship. This holy community of love of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and we are invited to be part of that through the reconciling work of Jesus. So how, how does this value play out at Rimrock? And I, I've been so blessed this past year. I got, I've gotten to know so many of you, and I've gotten to visit many of your groups and go to your homes, and I've heard so many stories of, of the reality of love in your, in your lives through a relationship with God, through others, and there's so much love in this church. And that is such an evidence of God's presence and his grace that's been poured out on you. But uh, I'll just share a quick story of, of how I saw this value at Rimrock when I first came to interview with the search team that had been formed uh, to call a pastor. And I sat down with them, and you know how it is when you meet someone for the first time within 10 or 15 minutes, you kind of get a, 
a sense of, of who they are or, or, or things about them. And so within the first 10, 15 minutes sitting with this search team, I made an observation, a really important observation. As they went around to tell a little bit about themselves and their names, inevitably they began to, to interact with each other. And what I, what I experienced, what I observed is as they began to share, they talked highly of one another. They shared affirming words with one another. They laughed together. They enjoyed being together. And, uh, and within the first 10, 15 minutes, I knew that this value of relationship wasn't just on paper. It was a reality in these people's lives. And so from the very beginning, I saw that relationship was a value here at Rimrock. And my prayer and my longing is as we talk about it today is this will continue to be a central value for us at Rimrock, this relationship with God, this relationship with each other based on love. The second value we're talking about today is relevance. Relevance. Now, this can be a interesting word and maybe a, a word that could cause some confusion because you can interpret it several different ways. But I was so blessed when I went back to listen to some of Steve's messages that, that he, he grabbed a hold of this word the same way I want to grab hold of this word with you this morning. This value of relevance has very little to do with what the world around us thinks, but it has everything to do with what God thinks. You see, for us, the value of relevance is a relevance with God, with God. He is the one who is central to who we are and our very being <laughs> as, as people, as a church, everything. Without God, we're nothing. We don't exist physically, emotionally, spiritually as a church. We have nothing. God is everything. And so God is the one that we want to experience relevance with. But here's the, the mystery and the beauty of this value. As we stay in tune in relationship with God and relevant with God, God's heartbeat is for what? For the world. He wants to reach people. He loves people. And so the heart of God is pursuing our world and pursuing people. And so as we stay relevant with God, He will, by His grace, allow us to be relevant to the world around us, to be able to communicate who God is and His glorious message. And so, but we can't get that mixed up. Because if we start with the world and everything around us, we're, we'll go crazy. We'll, we'll try all kinds of things and we'll do all kinds of things, but we'll lose our foundation. We'll lose our reason for existing, for being. And so we start with relevance with God. And as we're relevant with God, we begin to see the Spirit of God work through us to draw all men to Jesus Christ. And so... I want to remind us of this value out of a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that talks about the Holy Spirit. And when we talk about relevance, we can't separate the role of the Holy Spirit with us, that God through His Spirit is dwelling with us, that He is among us, and that He is the one who leads us and guides us and counsels us and empowers us for ministry. These are the things that God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is 
from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. That is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but the words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with the Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are, they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. For such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord is to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Isn't that a beautiful passage? And so as we as a church seek to live out, to love this value of relevance, this Holy Spirit is so key, so important. Because the reality is this coming year, we're going to have decisions to make, big decisions to make as a church family. But in order to make them, we need to listen to the Spirit of God. We need to understand what the Spirit of God's will is, what his, what his heart is for us and for us as a church. And so as a church, we need to understand how the Holy Spirit speaks and how he works. How have I seen this at Rimrock in many different ways, but uh, one of the things that I believe the Spirit of God has uniquely led Rimrock into, and it's something that I completely uh, believe God has spoken to, to me and to us as a church, is this idea of a, of a preaching team. So when we make decisions of how we do church, how we <coughs> preach, um, there's a lot of different models and methods and strategies for how uh, churches have done it, but as we as a church have sought the Lord and as I've talked to elders in the past as they've sought the Lord even before I was here as the God led them into this decision, I see the Spirit of God leading us into this. And so why, let me give you three reasons why I believe God has called us to have a preaching team and how that's, that's relevant to God and to the world. One, it releases the gifts that Jesus has brought for the church. In Ephesians chapter four, it says Jesus de descended, he came into our world and he came bringing gifts, bearing gifts. Those gifts refer to people that the Spirit of God has filled and uses for the encouragement and the equipping of the body. And this isn't limited to preaching. I believe each one of you has the Spirit of God and has a ministry, has a gift that God wants to work through you. But I believe it's really important that it's modeled in every aspect of church and ministry. And so it's so important that in preaching that the gifts of the body are released. And I think that happens best through multiple people filled with the Spirit of God with the Word of God at the center. Word of God at the center as the Word of God is preached and proclaimed and taught. And so the first reason for the preaching team, I believe, is the equipping and the releasing of the gifts that Jesus has brought for the church. Second, I believe it protects us. There's protection against two things that I see in our world and I see attacking the body of Christ. One is consumerism, and the second is a celebrity-type culture. Now, there's a good side of consumerism. Um, God has, it says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. There's many good things. We just came through a Christmas season and it's beautiful to give gifts and to have things. Uh, don't, don't hear me saying that those things are wrong or bad or it's okay to, to want things. But, but we have to be careful because there's a, a dark side of consumerism. Remember I talked about 
The value in the kingdom is not what can I get, but what can I give? And so when we approach church, we have to be careful that we don't come with a consumeristic mindset of saying, what, what can I get out of it? What's best for me? But we come open hands before God and others. Remember that first value of relationship with our, our eyes and our hearts pointed towards God and his love and his love for others. And so I think a preaching team helps us not come to church just based on who's talking or what I can get out of that person, but keeps the word of God central. Our commitment is based on what God has called us to be as his children, as sons and daughters in the gospel. It also protects us against celebrity culture. Uh, We see it all around us in the world where different personalities or gifted people are are put on a pedestal and and people kind of go crazy over over them and we see that. Unfortunately, that has sometimes entered the church where, and I praise God for gifted preachers. God, that is a blessing that many have ministered to me greatly. But we have to be careful. We need a protection that we don't start following people instead of following Jesus and following God and his word and his call in our lives. And so a a preaching team helps protect us against that. And third and lastly, I believe it helps bring the feeding that we need from God's word. That it doesn't become about man's giftedness, but it comes about what God has revealed to us. And so I love what Deuteronomy says, man does not depend on bread alone, but on every word that comes from God. And so it reminds us to keep central God's word. And so this coming year, this is one way, there's many ways as a church where we can live out the value of relevance. But the most important thing I wanna remind us of is that we are relevant to God. And that happens through the filling of the Holy Spirit as we make decisions and how we carry out things. We don't do it based on what we want our desires, but we do it based on what the Spirit of God is saying to his people. And we abide in him and we're led in him to do his will. And I believe as we do that, God's gonna use us to be a blessing, to reach this world and we'll be able to communicate the message of Jesus in a powerful, relevant way. The third and last value that we're gonna talk about this morning is, is unity. And unity is one of those words we all like. The concept is beautiful <laughs> and we see the benefit of it, don't we? Man, look at this building. It took a lot of people coming together to make this happen. You know this in your family and your business and you see it on sports teams. It takes a lot of unity to accomplish things. But many of you, most of you have lived long enough to know that unity just doesn't happen. That there's a, there's a hard work aspect to unity. And so I wanna read out of Ephesians chapter four, verse one through six. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort. Will you say that with me? Make every effort. Let's say it again. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all in all. So this value of unity, I think there's two aspects that we can glean from Ephesians chapter four. And this is, this is an incredible value. It's a beautiful value. But there's two aspects. One, what Paul highlights 
in the final verses of that passage, verses four through six, is that unity is built on a shared faith. A shared faith. So as we come together here at Rimrock, we have a belief in God, an understanding of who God is, and not only just an understanding, but an actual living relationship with him. But there's things that we agree on that are true about who God is and what he is doing in us, in our world. A lot of times we call this a statement of faith. And here at Rimrock, we have a statement of faith. We have 10 statements. You can go on our website or come talk to me. I would love to share with that. I wish I had time to sit down with all of you to go through because it's a beautiful statement of faith. And everyone who becomes a member of Rimrock signs a document saying, I believe these things. I hold to these things. And that's what Paul is doing in this passage when he says, one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. He's, he's making a statement of faith. These are things that we hold on to. These are things we believe we've staked our lives on. And so unity is built on a shared faith, a shared relationship with God, the creator of the universe. That's the first aspect of unity, knowing God. The second aspect of unity is the hard work. This is the effort side of unity. And this is only possible through the Holy Spirit. As Paul says, this is through the Spirit of God that we, we experience this. But I think there's three aspects to this effort that we're called to, to experience unity. First, we put aside our personal agendas. This is humility. Paul talks about in Ephesians 4 being humble and gentle, right? So we set aside our agendas. We're humble. Where do we learn this from? <laughs> from Jesus, right? Who in Philippians chapter two said he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, something to hold on to. He was willing to let it go. For what reason? Because he wanted to become a man. He wanted to save us. He wanted to serve us. And so if we're gonna experience unity, we have to be humble enough to set aside our own wants, our own desires, our own perspectives for the benefit of others. This is, remember value, what you give away, not what you get. And so in unity, we is only possible through humility. We put aside our personal agendas. Second, we learn how to be gentle and patient with one another. Gentle and patient. Every single one of us has a different story. Every single one of us has a different family background. Every single one of us has different interests and likes and wants. And so how do we, how do we live and worship and serve together? Well, there takes a lot of patience, right? And you know that from marriage and your families and your workplaces, it takes patience. It takes patience. And this is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, is it not? That we are able to, to be with each other, to to think the best of one another. And then the last one is unity is possible through bearing with one another in love. Bearing with one another. Now, bearing doesn't sound like a lot of fun. That's like carrying a load, right? <laughs> relationships are fun. They're exciting. We, we love relationships. But there's inevitably going to be conflict, misunderstandings, miscommunications. And some of you have been in church long enough though that that happens in church, doesn't it? That there's conflict, there's misunderstandings. So how do we experience unity? We bear with one another. We forgive one another. We give grace to one another. 
is it not true that our unity with God is based on grace? <laughs> not what we've done or that somehow we've earned it. Wasn't not God's gift to us that created that relationship? And, and our relationships with one another are to be grace-based relationships, meaning we, we extend grace to one another. We forgive one another. We think the best of others. And we work to honor one another. So unity, it's not all being the same. It's not uniformity. We don't have to be exactly the same, and praise God for that. <laughs> but it's humility. It's love. It's that effort of saying, the other person has value and worth, and I'm gonna respect and love them because we have the same Father. We have the same blood, the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. We're gonna celebrate communion here this morning. So I'm gonna invite the worship team up and we're gonna have some ushers and elders come forward and pass it out. And what I want you to do is hold on to the bread, hold on to the cup, and we're gonna take it all together. But um, this is so important that we remember this Lord's Supper as we talk about these values.